0: this is the bible in one year day 58 six characteristics of a holy life do you try to fit jesus into your schedule or do you work your schedule around jesus god cannot fit into our plans we must fit into his writes eugene peterson we can't use god god is not a tool or appliance or credit card holy is the word that sets God apart and above our attempts to enlist him in our wish-fulfillment fantasies or our utopian schemes for making our mark in the world. Holy means that God is alive on God's terms, alive in a way that exceeds our experience and imagination. Holy refers to life burning with an intense purity that transforms everything it touches into itself. The Hebrew word holy, kadosh, probably originally meant separate or set apart it came to be used to describe the otherness of god and how his character and nature are so much greater and more wonderful than any other personal thing for something else to be holy simply means for it to be dedicated to god you are holy to the extent that your life is devoted to him and your actions reflect his character holiness and wholeness are closely related And God wants the whole of your life. Psalm 27
1: The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, My heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At His sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the
0: Lord. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness how do you live a life without fear? David had plenty of reasons to be afraid. He was surrounded by vandals, bullies, and toughs. Yet he said, I'm fearless, afraid of no one and nothing. I'm calm as a baby. I'm collected and cool. How can you be confident in the face of opposition and attack? The focus of his life was worship. He focused on one thing, This was his number one priority. Don't try to fit God into your plans. Make your plans around the priority of worship. David gives a wonderful description of worship. What he wants to do more than anything is to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. There he will sacrifice with shouts of joy. He will sing and make music to the Lord. I love the expression, the beauty of the Lord. The Greek word for beauty, kalos, is the word used to describe everything that Jesus did. Dostoevsky described Jesus as infinitely beautiful. Jesus had no outward beauty. He had a different kind of beauty, the beauty of holiness. As you seek the Lord and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord in worship, he lifts you above all the distractions, fears, and temptations. As David puts it, That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world. God holds me head and shoulders above those who try to pull me down. Lord, one thing I ask, that I may dwell in your house all the days of my life to gaze on your beauty. New Testament, Mark 9.10 They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them,
1: What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me, for whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name, because you belong to the Messiah, will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where... The worms that eat them do not die, and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. Mark chapter 10 Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? he replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery.
0: Serve the Lord in a life of holiness. What should our attitude be to other Christian ministries and other Christian churches? Divisions among followers of Jesus started very early on. The disciples started arguing about who was the greatest. In this context, Jesus speaks to them about the characteristics of a life of holiness. First, humility. Jesus tells them not to compete to be number one. It's always a temptation to compare. Envy and rivalry are great dangers. Jesus says, if you're going to compete, it should be to get the last place. If anyone wants to be first, they must be the very last and the servant of all. Leaders are called to humble service. Second, love. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Love and welcome everyone, even those who are unable to do anything for you, the very young, the weak, the poor. In doing so, you are loving and welcoming Jesus. Third, tolerance. Jesus tells the disciples not to dismiss or judge others who do things in Jesus' name just because they're not part of your group or do things in a different manner to how you do them. It's a mistake to dismiss other Christians, other denominations or other organizations because they're not one of us. Fourth, discipline. We sometimes tolerate sin in our own lives but are intolerant towards other people's sin. Jesus teaches us to be tolerant towards others, but intolerant about sin in our own lives. Of course, Jesus is not speaking about literal maiming. Rather, he uses figurative language about what we do with our hands, places we go with our feet, and what we look at with our eyes, be disciplined, uncompromising, and radical about sin. It's often sin that leads to division. Jesus calls us to be ruthless about living a life of holiness. Fifth, peace. Jesus tells them not to argue, but to be at peace. Jesus longed for his disciples to get along with one another, to stop arguing and be at peace with each other. Later he prayed that we may be one in order that the world would believe. Sixth, faithfulness. Jesus calls us to faithfulness in marriage. He points out that Moses' permission of divorce was a concession and not a command. God's intention for marriage is lifelong faithfulness. Husband and wife are so closely united that they become one flesh. They're no longer two, but one flesh. This is the origin of the wonderful words in the marriage service, which follow the joining of hands and the exchange of vows. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Lord, help me, through the power of your Holy Spirit, to live a holy life and to develop the characteristics of humility, love, tolerance, discipline, peace, and faithfulness. Old Testament, Leviticus 1-3 to
1: The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, when any one among you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, you are to offer a male without defect. You must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting, so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. You are to lay your hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on your behalf to make atonement for you. You are to slaughter the young bull before the Lord, and then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall bring the blood and splash it against the sides of the altar at the entrance to the tent of meeting. You are to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, are to put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat, on the wood that is burning on the altar. You are to wash the internal organs and the legs with water, and the priest is to burn all of it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. If the offering is a burnt offering from the flock, from either the sheep or the goats, You are to offer a male without defect. You are to slaughter it at the north side of the altar before the Lord. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall splash its blood against the sides of the altar. You are to cut it into pieces, and the priest shall arrange them, including the head and the fat, on the wood that is burning on the altar. You are to wash the internal organs and the legs with water, and the priest is to bring all of them and burn them on the altar. It is a burnt offering, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. If the offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, you are to offer a dove or a young pigeon. The priest shall bring it to the altar, wring off the head and burn it on the altar. Its blood shall be drained out on the side of the altar. He is to remove the crop and the feathers and throw them down east of the altar where the ashes are. He shall tear it open by the wings, not dividing it completely, and then the priest shall burn it on the wood that is burning on the altar. It is a burnt offering, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Leviticus chapter 2 When anyone brings a grain offering to the Lord, Their offering is to be of the finest flour. They are to pour olive oil on it, put incense on it, and take it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priests shall take a handful of the flour and oil, together with all the incense, and burn this as a memorial portion on the altar, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons, It is a most holy part of the food offerings presented to the Lord. If you bring a grain offering baked in an oven, it is to consist of the finest flour, either thick loaves made without yeast and with olive oil mixed in, or thin loaves made without yeast and brushed with olive oil. If your grain offering is prepared on a griddle, It is to be made of the finest flour mixed with oil and without yeast. Crumble it, and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is cooked in a pan, it is to be made of the finest flour and some olive oil. Bring the grain offering made of these things to the Lord. Present it to the priest, who shall take it to the altar. He shall take out the memorial portion from the grain offering and burn it on the altar as a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the food offerings presented to the Lord. Every grain offering you bring to the Lord must be made without yeast, for you are not to burn any yeast or honey in a food offering presented to the Lord. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering of the first fruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. If you bring a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, offer crushed heads of new grain roasted in the fire. Put oil and incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest shall burn the memorial portion of the crushed grain and the oil, together with all the incense, as a food offering presented to the Lord. Leviticus chapter 3 If your offering is a fellowship offering, and you offer an animal from the herd, whether male or female, you are to present before the Lord an animal without defect. You are to lay your hand on the head of your offering and slaughter it at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall splash the blood against the sides of the altar. From the fellowship offering, you are to bring a food offering to the Lord. The internal organs and all the fat that is connected to them, both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver, which you will remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's sons are to burn it on the altar, on top of the burnt offering that is lying on the burning wood. It is a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. If you offer an animal from the flock as a fellowship offering to the Lord, you are to offer a male or female without defect. If you offer a lamb a you are to present it before the Lord. Lay your hand on its head and slaughter it in front of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's sons shall splash its blood against the sides of the altar. From the fellowship offering, you are to bring a food offering to the Lord. It's fat, the entire fat tail cut off close to the backbone, the internal organs and all the fat that is connected to them both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver which you will remove with the kidneys. The priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering presented to the Lord. If your offering is a goat, you are to present it before the Lord. Lay your hand on its head and slaughter it in front of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's sons shall splash its blood against the sides of the altar. From what you offer, you are to present this food offering to the Lord, the internal organs and all the fat that is connected to them, both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins and the long lobe of the liver, which you will remove with the kidneys. The priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering, a pleasing aroma. All the fat is the Lord's. This is is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. You must not eat any fat or
0: any blood. Be holy as the Lord is holy. How can you live a holy life when the world around is unholy? As the people of God are about to enter the Promised Land, there is what Eugene Peterson describes as a narrative pause an extended time out of instruction, a detailed and meticulous preparation for living holy in a culture that doesn't have the faintest idea what holy is. First, he writes, every detail of our lives is affected by the presence of this holy God. You're called to holiness in every aspect of your day-to-day life. Second, he continues, God provides a way, the sacrifices and feasts and Sabbaths to bring everything in and about us into his holy presence, transformed in the fiery blaze of the holy. The language of Leviticus sounds very strange to our modern ears. The law required that the sacrifice be perfect without defect. Through the sacrifice, atonement was made. Symbolically, through the laying on of hands on the head of the bulls, goats and lambs, the sin passed to a substitute— who would be sacrificed on behalf of human beings. The blood of the sacrifice was extremely important. All this can only be understood fully in the light of the New Testament. The writer of Hebrews tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. He tells us that the law is a copy and a shadow. In other words, this is just a foreshadowing and a picture of something far greater and more wonderful. He writes, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. All this was leading up to the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We receive total forgiveness. Sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So, the New Testament tells us none of these sacrifices are needed anymore. However, they form the background to the sacrifice of Jesus and help us to understand just how amazing it is. Holiness starts by putting your faith in what Jesus has done for you and asking his Holy Spirit to come into your life to help you to begin to live a holy life. In gratitude for all that God has done for you by the sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Lord, full of thankfulness and praise, I offer you my body as a living sacrifice. Help me through your Holy Spirit who lives in me to be holy as you are holy. Pippa adds, Jesus says, Be at peace with one another. That would solve most of the problems of the world.